0: That's Joe Rogan yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on Joe Rogan's show just, yeah. You know You're like yeah. Just space out a little bit
1: And honestly I was telling Josh I didn't Honestly didn't think That he was going To have me on the show And I Josh was like if We're going out to, out to LA You should reach out to Joe And I was like You mean Joe Rogan <laughs> And he's like Yeah So I was like I mean, I guess. I'll give it a try. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? He can say no, you know? So I reached out to him, and I said, hey, we're going to be in town. I'd love to come by and say hi, maybe check out the studio, maybe get on the podcast. (laughs) I just, like, threw it out there. (laughs) And he was like, he just texted me back. He said, yeah, sure. Um, Wednesday at noon. See you then. And then I was like,
2: what is that? I guess we're just going to roll in right into it. Okay. Okay, There we go. I was like, like, what does that
1: mean? Like, does that mean... I'm just going to come by to see the studio, or does that mean that I'm going to be on the podcast? <laughs>
2: he did the same thing to us. We said, hey, we'd like to check out your new studio, and new gym. He's like, good, come by on this date, uh-huh. and then he was—he meant to be on the show, and uh-huh. I was like, oh, he meant to be on the show. I wasn't sure what he meant either. It wasn't very clear.
1: Yeah? Were you yeah. guys nervous?
2: Oh, yeah. Totally nervous, yeah.
1: I'll have to check out that episode. Which episode was it?
2: We were on it several times, so I've, I do documentaries. I made several documentaries, and um. That happened to be about stuff that Joe likes. Mm -hmm. So he asked us on there. Did one about steroids called Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Mm -hmm. One about the opioid epidemic called Prescription Thugs. Okay. And I just finished one called A Leaf of Faith, which is about Kratom, which is a natural painkiller. Yeah. You know some fun, interesting, crazy, uh, controversial topics that he likes.
1: Yeah, we were just—he. It's funny because it's—it's kind of like a like a reoccurring theme that always comes up because of the circles that he runs in. And we were just talking about um, Usada and use steroids and how um, how (laughs) how often American athletes get tested versus how often out of the country athletes get Mm -hmm. tested and stuff like that.
2: Oh yeah, do they, they do they get tested as often, or they don't because they don't have a USADA? Right?
1: Yeah, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be worldwide, <laughs> right. but for sure the athletes in America get tested more. And it's, I honestly, I, I I couldn't tell you because I've never trained outside of the country for for a fight camp, but from what I've heard and from teammates um, and some some other athletes that that have trained in both, that they've gotten tested twice as much in the the states.
2: I heard you say that you were really against steroids. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that's interesting. Uh, A lot of, you know, we come from a powerlifting world where everybody's like, they're not like all for it necessarily. But um, it's just kind of part of the game. Yeah. It's, it's accepted. Same with bodybuilding, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's I heard, a di-
1: different objective, I think. And I heard think?
2: what you said about it, and you were like, "I wouldn't want to do that to myself." I found that to be very interesting. Yeah, you know, that fighters have a different mentality about it.
1: Yeah, I just I've never even like dabbled into it. I never questioned it, and it was just something like, I don't know. I, I was telling Joe like I get a sense of pride knowing that I've that I did it on my own. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And but but I don't I don't I've never been in the bodybuilding world. I actually, did I, I did a um.
2: Oh, here we go! What <laughs> did I do? I, I did a fitness show. <laughs> I did a
1: fitness show. It was like a swimsuit, like bikini. I, I, uh, like, competition I think it was a bikini like yeah. competition. Yeah. yeah, and it was weird because my body was was too muscular. It was. I guess it was unproportioned for what they were looking for, huh?
2: You were a tweener, like Because yeah. they have different categories. They have bikini. They have figure. They yes. have fitness. Right.
1: I was too muscular for fitness and or for bikini, but too. Not muscular enough. Oh
2: yeah, it's physique. It's called right. Yeah,
1: something like that. I don't know, but it was it was a great um, it was a great experience. But I, um, I remember getting on the stage and seeing all these beautiful women, and and I know how hard they worked because I worked you know to get through um, all of the, I I wouldn't call it, what do you guys call like it? Prep? Do, do you call it a camp? You don't? Prep. A, a pre- they call it yeah. Okay. competition. Uh, same same yeah, though. competition. And um, I mean these girls completely transform their bodies and, and to be picked and prodded at and, uh, in a competition and, and to be told that your body isn't, you know, isn't up to par, I think can kind of mess with your head a little oh, bit. Oh Yeah,
0: definitely. can. I did a bodybuilding show and it was like when the show was over, it was really kind of depressing for a couple yes. of days. Cause I like didn't know where to go from there. Sort of like he reached this goal. I got myself, you know, really lean and in good shape. And I was like, what do i do after this so, you know and, and you can't maintain that yeah conditioning and i think that's really absolutely. hard especially for women because they're going to gain probably you know some cases 20 30 pounds yeah <laughs> which is a lot of weight to put back on right
1: yeah i mean it's the same in, in the fight world you know I, I we cut down so my fight weight is 115 but i probably walk around 130 135 and and so i think it, it does mess it can mess with your head if you're not mentally strong you know to see your body go from like absolutely shredded out to kind of like a normal body. And, and it's not even normal. Like people would look at me and say like, you look athletic. What do you do? This and that. But you know, and in my standards, I'm like, no, I don't look good. This and that. And
2: how much do you think you weigh when you actually compete on the day of? I heard you guys talking a lot about weight cuts, maybe an extra 10 pounds from where you started.
1: You know, it, it really depends. This last time I was able to, um, hydrate back up very well. Um, so I, the, the week of, uh, my last fight, so they call it, so it's fight camp, and then it's fight week, and then you have the day before weigh-ins, weigh-ins, and then the fight day. And so fight week, they make you weigh in um, when you get into wherever it is that you're fighting. And what was I weighing when I was 124? I So I, was weighing, I weighed 124 when I got there, and I, it already started kind of like, you know, um, making my meals smaller and, and water-loading. And so um, by the time the day before weigh-ins came, I was like 121, I cut to 116, and then I floated a pound overnight. So I woke up on weight, um, and then I was actually able to rehydrate all the way up to 128.
0: Oh, wow. So, what's 120? that feel like? Cause, like in bodybuilding or powerlifting, and especially in powerlifting, we, you know, we drop weight to make a certain weight class. And then we just like basically pig out and eat as much <laughs> as we possibly can because we don't have to move around a lot. Yeah. We don't have to fight. So, uh, have you ever like overdone it? You ever like eat too much and then like your, your legs aren't the same, like you, know all the blood goes to your legs and stuff and yeah. especially the adrenaline dump that you get and everything else. You ever overdone it?
1: Absolutely. For Getting sure. There, you feel a
0: little sloshy, uh, well, <laughs> maybe slow.
1: Yeah. And, and I think it's just like situational too. Um, before, before you get into huge organizations like the UFC, um, you kind of you travel and and you you do smaller events and, and at smaller venues and I remember one time flying all the way to North Dakota and and not not meal prepping or anything like that and kind of just you know doing it the old school way sauna suits and and, and running and and just cutting out food just a really unhealthy way you know and um,
0: rehydrate the, with Snickers Snickers exactly, bars and stuff like that only food that they
1: had. In the, it was at a it was an Indian hotel and casino, and the only food they had there was like a buffet of food that had been sitting out for hours, and it was all filled with sodium. and I was swollen and bloated. And oh. It was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I won the fight though. So,
0: <laughs> how did you uh, how did you get into all this? How did um, you get into fighting?
1: I grew up doing martial arts. I have an older brother, so he's four years older than me. I wanted to do gymnastics. It was too expensive for my parents to to allow me to do that. And so um, there was this little community um, martial arts class going on at the at was the, the church. Karate or something? Or? Yeah, okay. it was karate. You mm-hmm. know, something all three of us could do. So my parents put us all in, and um, we we absolutely fell in love with it. And I think it was. You know, um, at the time, we we were all huge, you know, movie fanatics, and so it was Mortal Kombat and Power Rangers. I was just gonna
2: ask you that: what are the yeah, what are the pop culture influences yeah. on you? You know, uh, obviously, like we're a little bit older, so for us, it was Bruce Lee, Yep and it, Bruce, Karate Kid. Karate Kid was yeah. like Chuck our, Morris, our Chuck jam. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I mean. My dad loved watching anything John Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal. Uh, yeah, Steven Seagal <laughs> Sylvester awesome. Stallone like all those guys like they were the big cats at the time. So we watched all that stuff like Kickboxer um and yeah, yeah, Bruce, Lee, blood I Blood Sport. What blood is it? Blood sport. Mm-hmm. I
0: actually saw that come on TV this a uh, few weeks ago and I was watching it with my kids. And my kids were laughing so hard. They're like, This is the cheapest <laughs> movie. I'm like, you don't understand the, yeah, this, was the this is the best thing we had at the time. You don't <laughs> understand. You, got, you just don't get it, kids. Like this is so cheap. It's
1: so corny. Yeah. I remember that because my brother, he um he was born in Thailand and when he came over to the States, my dad told him. Um, that he could pick his American name. And at that time he was really into Mad Max. Um, And so he, he, he picked his name to be Max. And um, you know when they came out and, and revamped Mad Max, I was like, "This is cool! I'm gonna go back and watch the old school one." And it was so slow. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it takes forever to get going that one. <laughs> yeah, it was just like out in the middle of the desert, nothing's going on. You're like, "Come on!" Yeah, but the newer one was so cool. Yeah, it was so visual.
1: hmm I loved it. Yeah, I love the whole just the idea of kind of like an apocalyptic, yeah. kind of like for uh, on your own and kind of just fending for yourself idea
0: with where like mma is now does karate still work can you pull off some karate moves in there for
1: sure i absolutely believe it does Um, you have to know when and where to use it but it's actually a very effective martial art for mma because it's um well from the martial arts from the karate that I learned, it was, it was American Freestyle Karate, so my instructor was a boxer, but he also did kempo and, and karate, and Taekwondo, so he kind of integrated all of them together, and, and looked at you as, um, as an individual, and says, well, okay, because you have really good kicks, I'm going to teach you some of these cool Taekwondo moves, you know, or because your, your shoulders are nice and strong, I'm going to teach you these boxing moves, um, and so he kind of, he, um, Adapted what he learned and just taught kind of a mixture of his own his own style And that's why they called it just American Freestyle karate, but um, I Learned like point sparring um, With karate and so my kicks are really good. I was really flexible and I was really strong and explosive and so in point sparring It's it's the first person that gets the point point. Mm-hmm. and um, I was always a smaller person because it, it never went by weight in in karate it always went by your age and your your belt level so i i was just i was always the smallest person <laughs> and um i learned very quickly to just use my kicks to my advantage because i was a smaller person i just let them come in and then kicks to the head were two points versus one and so um I would rack up my points because I would just sit back and let them come in and just pop them in the head real quick and then move out the way. And um, in MMA, because of the small gloves, you you do want to be the first. You want to be the first to capitalize. And so I think that's transferred over very well.
2: How was it um, with... uh you know, women's MMA, we, we talk about this all the time. We find it, like, so exciting. I find watching the women fight, they go at it, they scrap. It's really exciting. I thought in the beginning I wouldn't like it, but I think Ronda Rousey really changed that for Dana me. Dana
0: White said, you'll never see a woman in the UFC. Remember? Yeah. He had that quote years and ago. And so
2: to see Ronda come in and kick ass, I was like, yes, I love her, like, right away. Yeah. And, um, you know, what did you think seeing her come up and all you know, all that stuff? And where were you we at in your life at that point?
1: before you knew of ronda rousey did you know any other female fighters
2: i've just heard of I new cyborg yeah. from a uh, strike force and mm-hmm. that was about it
1: mm-hmm. because before ronda was before ronda was even competing in the ufc i was fighting my first pro my first fight was in 07 and so you know i i didn't know of ronda i knew of um, Gina Carano I knew of Julie Kenzie
2: oh yeah Gina Carano yeah I knew, of, too.
1: I knew of Cyborg and so um I think what Ronda Rousey did to open up the floodgates for the females is 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 gave us a voice because I think for a long time the female fighters would get shut down if they were too loud because they're like whatever your girl trying to be in a in the man's sport whatever so I think the mentality for a lot of the girls was let me just you know keep my head down and stay in the grind and just show everybody what I can do rather than talk you know and so that's what a lot of the, the girls that I watched did they just they just grinded it out and they just proved their their worth um through their work ethic you know um and I think it was absolutely amazing and and um to see what Rhonda did. So so I appreciate Rhonda for, for opening up the doors, but I know that there were a lot of other female pioneers before her that had put yeah, in the Yeah, a lot work. of
2: people were paving the way before that even happened. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: We were chatting with uh, Keith Jardine last night and we were finding it, uh, we were all kind of agreeing that it seems like men have kind of and MMA will always evolve and powerlifting will always evolve bodybuilding will always evolve but what we're seeing from the women mm-hmm. is really extraordinary and, and where women were before as opposed to where they are now strength wise and powerlifting what, from what I've seen it's more and more common for women to be like deadlifting like 500 pounds mm-hmm. the evolution of women in MMA I think has changed drastically it seems like there's more women in MMA that have been doing it from a really young age than, yeah. than there used to be and um, it's just really cool to see that level being pushed, and is to see uh, the women kind of excelling and getting a shot.
1: Yeah, I think that if you give us a platform to shine on, then we will. Like you give us a place to perform, and we will. You know, if you know, when I was a martial artist, I never thought that I would be a professional fighter, because there just there wasn't anybody out there to to as a role model for me to like okay i want to be her you know i want to be this i want to be that but now there are there are little girls that are you know are five and six and they can turn on the tv on a saturday night and watch the ufc and see females fighting and say that's what i want to be when i grow up and so i think that's really amazing but um i think that just um the encouragement that um that the the community has given females really is just kind of one of those things like well she can do it i can do it and 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 we're seeing now that especially in mma i feel like it's one of those sports that um you know the girls can be right alongside the guys and i'm not, I'm not saying a female fight a guy but what i'm saying is if you give a girl a headlining event in the ufc she can sell it out And I think that Dana has given those females respect and, and, and the notoriety to say like, this girl's a badass and, you know, um, you need to watch her. Um, And and I'm not sure how it is in, in the, like the bodybuilding world and this and that, but um, yes, men are strong, but I think it's cool to see the strengths of a female and the difference. Of strength like i think i f- think females are very strong they have very good, strong cores and strong legs because we have to birth children and and and, and <coughs> Survive and you know mother.
2: There is a correlation there. You were talking to Keith last night about that, where there's a cor- like uh, women, women have do a higher have- percentage
0: of body weight, like in their lower body. So therefore, mm-hmm. sometimes deadlifting and squatting uh, maybe becomes like a little bit more natural. They still might lift less, mm-hmm. um, but what we're seeing is like the improvement from women is exponentially greater than what we're seeing from men, which is pretty. Like a w- woman could go from deadlifting like three fifteen to close to five hundred pounds uh-huh. in, in just a few in like two years. But for a guy to gain two hundred pounds on their dead Lift or something like that it might take them eight years, 10 really, years, something like that. Yeah. I
1: wonder why that is.
0: I don't know. I don't know what the what the reason is, but. It whatever the case is women are just they're tearing just it up it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say do you think it has anything to do with the fact that females have like a higher pain tolerance and I, I, be.
0: I, I do think that that could be a factor I think that women uh, this is just a total generalization but I think that women <laughs> tend to follow the rules a little bit more so yeah. like if I was to give you a program or or if Greg is to uh, influence you on something you should be doing you'll probably follow it mm-hmm. most likely where a guy I think they're, they're, they, they tend to be like, I, they tend to be like I got this dude like I kind of know how to do this yeah. and they're a little bit more they're not, yeah they're a little harder to work with I know that that's the case in powerlifting like you'll give a female like eight exercises to do in a workout they'll get through all eight of them Yeah, and they'll do them to a T and a guy is like Going to go too heavy, probably go too hard, and then not
2: even do all the exercises. because like, Yeah, I don't like lunges, so I'm not going to do them. Mm-hmm. And they'll just skip them, like, oh, I can modify this. And it's like, well, no, that's part of the program. Like, yeah, it's maybe just because maybe
0: some of the men that they may have had a previous, they might have preconceived notions on how they should be lifting. And yeah. maybe the women are like, I'm kind of new to this, so I'm just going to yeah. do what my coach tells me.
1: I, I hear that a lot from coaches in MMA that that the females are easier to coach like and and it might it might be that that the men you know they 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 have an e- a bigger of an ego cuz i i wouldn't say women don't have an ego especially in fighting it's like you kind of do have to have one in order to do what we do you know what's best for us
2: <laughs> <laughs> trust Sorry. us we know what's best for us
1: that's the only thing i can think of. but uh, that's what i've heard from coaches is is from even from Coach Jackson, he will tell me all the time. He he's like, he's like the men are the crybabies when it comes to the sports. It's like you girls like you'll be put through the ringer and you just kind of like wipe you you'll you'll cry but you'll wipe your tears and continue to do it anyways. Right. You know.
0: What does your, what does your mom think uh, now? She kind of like whoops like uh, you know she got you into like karate, which is a way different sport than yeah this like you know severe combat sport that you're involved in now.
1: My mom is the biggest fan. She loves oh, it. Cool. She she's she's kind of a hardcore asian lady she's just she doesn't take no crap and she's um she's very um i don't know if you've ever met any like asian mothers but they tiger mom (laughs) yeah they're just it's like a tough love type of situation and she's uh, um always been hard on all of us you know if we got straight a's but a minus we'd get in trouble for getting having an a minus you know if um you know like in, so she
0: might always be like super affectionate type of thing or yeah no? not,
1: not at all I'd have to force like I love you out of her and stuff <laughs> like that but she's always you know if I've gotten beat up she'd be like N- next time you remember okay don't get beat up like that you look so bad right now and like, <laughs> like straight up like tell me about, like how bad I looked And I told you all the time put your hand up and you're gonna get beat up like that <laughs> and he, that's she my makes mom. it
0: sound so
2: simple yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, keep yeah, your man. hand close to your face i, and you I wish they
1: had divisions for for <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> so that you knew what it felt like
2: right it's <laughs> funny now you're a mom and at your goal your overarching goal is to be the mom champ right yep. so um you know and you want to uh show that you to the, to yeah, your can daughter.
0: you be mom and champ at the same time can this is it possible yes,
1: it is possible absolutely and i'm right there and um she's you know my daughter is is a part of the team and she's a huge reason why she looks I, nothing like you I think she looks like Josh but
0: <laughs>
1: she is it's a, it's she's a, a good combo of both of you <laughs> I think so I think she's everybody says she's a mini me but to me I think she looks like Josh. how old is she she's eight
2: and what do you think that um you know becoming mom champ well, you know like what is that gonna show her and is that you know that's the goal kind of absolutely hey, I, hey you can do anything yeah. you want to do
1: just, just like we talked about you know Rhonda opening up the doors for for women to let them know it's okay to to be outspoken and it's okay to to say what you want and this and that is what I want to do for mothers not just mothers but honestly like parents out there that think that um, they have to put their dreams aside because they become parents and, and and it I understand the urge to want to give everything to your children because it is just like instinctive when you become a parent to to want to give your children a better life than you had. Um, but I think they learn so much more from seeing you, you know, continue to, to, to reach for your dreams. And I, there's a lot to be said in that aspect. You know, um, uh, having children is is the best thing that happened to me, but it honestly, it is an obstacle. You know, if, when you're looking at it, it, it does make things more difficult in life. But what are you teaching your children? If, if you say, um, if you're using your children as an excuse to not go after what you want. And, and that's, that's what it is to me. It's an excuse. Don't use it as an excuse.
2: How important is um, strength training, you know, and things like that conditioning? Uh, how much stuff do you do outside of the MMA gym? And mm. how important is that to, your success in the octagon?
1: Um, I think it's all very important. I think it's important to have a good balance. Um, I know that going from 105, competing at 105, going up to 115, that was a a huge thing that we had to start implementing was um, my strength and conditioning. And so we we ramped that up and it, there's something to... There's something that goes into having the confidence to know that your body can, you know, be broken down and, and built back up um, in, in the fight world. But, yeah, I think it's all about balance. Um, so when I'm, I, when I'm out of fight camp, I, I do more strength and conditioning. When I get into fight camp, it becomes more um, fight-oriented. And we probably do strength and... Con- so now I'm doing strength and conditioning probably three to four times a week. And... Um, and when i'm in fight camp it's probably like once or twice a week
2: and do you have a coach that brings you through that i trainer. do
1: yeah. i do yeah his, um, his name is steve and he's been with me for a really long time he also trains holly yeah. and um you know he's just uh he he what i love about him is that i feel like anytime there's like a new trending fad or this or that, um, he tries it. He's like tried everything because he wants yeah. to know, like, it, will it work? Does it not? You know, and and he's like his own guinea pig. And so, and I think actually, like his athletes are his guinea pigs as well. I think
2: it's really smart
0: to try everything. Yeah. There's I think so it's important too uh, for the fighter's psyche. Like if you see somebody else doing something, you might be intrigued and you'll say like, kind of what's that? Mm-hmm. And he could say, well, you know, I, I actually tried it for a few weeks and it, it, it wasn't great. But if you want to try it, because your mindset is a huge part of
2: the whole
1: yeah. thing. Yeah. And yeah, it kind of like you can, he can sift through what worked, what didn't, yeah. and, and kind of come to his own conclusion.
2: And then you don't have to try the things that don't work. You only yeah. try the things that he I'm sure you do probably work. go
0: to him all kinds of different ideas, like uh, fasting or keto or yeah. some of these things. And he's probably like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not mess with. And he's
1: he said too, like he, it's funny because <laughs> him and his wife are, are complete like, complete different like body types too. And so it's funny cause sometimes they'll do diets together and things that w- work really well for him didn't work at all for his wife mm, and things yeah. that worked really well for his wife. Didn't, he didn't have any results at all. So
0: I think a huge part of it is you have to kind of at least halfway like what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, my brother and I, we've messed around with the carnivore diet and keto diet, but we like those types of foods. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're we're also not like hyperactive we don't have an MMA schedule we're not you know working on our mobility and working on all these drills and boxing and kickboxing and doing muay thai and clinches mm-hmm. and and all the different things that are involved in MMA we're just lifting some weights yeah. uh once a day for an hour or 90 minutes or something like that. So it's the energy expenditure that we have is way different. Maybe you need carbohydrates, maybe Absolutely. you, you know, maybe you need uh, to mess around different fuel sources. How, how do you usually eat? Uh,
1: you know what I did, I, I tried doing, um, I, I tried doing like the paleo diet for a fight camp and um, it it was rough it was really rough I mean I got my weight down my and and I looked good but I was I was drained I was depleted my body wasn't able to recover I didn't have the energy I needed to get through a practice at a hundred percent and so like you said I I really do I I realized that for me like carbohydrates wasn't an enemy I just had to understand the type of carbohydrates I was eating and when I needed to eat them
0: I think depriving yourself is important to, you know, build a lot of character and to build a lot of willpower. But I sometimes will ask myself, like, what am I doing? Like, why am I depriving myself so much all the time? Like, for what reason? And so I like to, you know, mix in eating a donut, mix in having some wine with my wife, you know, and and things like that. Are you able to still have some fun uh, outside of, uh, you know, the last six or eight weeks?
1: Yeah. And, and I think moving, I think it was it's twofold. Moving up in weight has helped me do that because I'm not so concerned about hitting a certain weight. I'm more concerned about um, being healthy and, and training right, and um, getting max max potential, I guess, out of my, my training. And um, I think just like you said, having a more laxed understanding of my nutrition and and um, tr- being healthy, you know, 80 to 90% of the time and then when I want if I want a donut, if I want to eat out, then I will and I and I won't beat myself up about it, you know.
2: How do you uh do you beat yourself up if you lose? Cuz I know that that's you know, what's the difference for you between winning and losing? Well, yeah, what's harder? It's oh,
1: <laughs> um losing is hard. It's um, you know, I'd hate to say it's one of the reasons why we do it, but it, it's because of the incredible highs that we that we fight. But along with those incredible highs are incredible lows, and um, it's um, it forces you to look look into yourself. It forces you to face your demons, and it forces you to sit with your failures. And um, w- with every loss that I've had, I've had to to learn from it and and as as much as I say that I hate losing because I do it's 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 a necessary part of life and um I wouldn't have been able to grow as much as I have or have lessons to teach my daughter if it wasn't for my failures but yes it is very hard and um you know there are times when I, I I finish and and if we're just talking about actually just like well-being you're beat up like i don't mind being beat up broken if i win like yeah (laughs) like my my pro debut my my ufc debut was amazing i broke my hand in the second round i went on to win the fight it didn't matter that i broke my hand because i won the fight um but being beat up and losing is just like (laughs) like just adding insult to injury you know and then talking about like a fighter's pay the your pay is cut in half when Mm. you lose so it's like the difference between you know you you expecting because you never go into a fight expecting to lose you know you expecting to make this much amount of money and then it's cut in half and then the trajectory of your career gets dumped you know everything gets dumped all the media that you once had stops talking to you you know all the all the sponsorships Turn the other way you know it's it, it it really is just kind of like uh like a very black and white world
2: yeah, you can become irrelevant really fast which mm-hmm. is just kind of sad because you put so much into it and you work so hard and then all of a sudden like the media they stop calling they want to talk to the person mm-hmm. or whatever right
1: yeah and what i what i've taken from that is you kind of have to you have to make your career more about more than winning and losing it like if, if i only fight to win then it's going to be a really rough road you know so so we've really kind of just changed our mindset about the whole idea of, of fighting and and for me it really is it is, is a way of life and it is a journey and um regardless of the outcome i am growing and so being able to kind of take that in and, and sit with that and be comfortable with that, I think, has really allowed me to to um, to propel and, and get knockout three wins in a row and call out the champ for for a belt, you know, and because right at, at the moment, it's like no matter what happens, I'm. I'm winning because I'm, I'm bettering myself. I'm bettering my family, and and I'm taking and I'm forcing myself to do things that make me uncomfortable and that make me scared.
0: Does it kind of teach you to put everything on your shoulders? Because like this is a, an individual sport. You know, I'm sure you played other sports as a kid. If you played softball or basketball or something like that, you can easily just say, well, you know, the, the whole team kind of stinks, and <laughs> the other team was the other team had a couple better players than us, and that's kind of why we lost. Or somebody didn't cover somebody on a three-pointer, so that's why we lost, or whatever it might be. But in this case, you physically you know, fought against somebody with a certain set of rules, mm-hmm. and you, you came out the other end uh, with the short end of the stick. You yeah. know, So does it kind of teach you in your day-to-day life, like, this is on me. Like, Absolutely. she's my responsibility. The fight game is my responsibility. You know, just Does it do that for you?
1: Yeah, and that's another reason why I love fighting is because at the end of the day, there's nobody really to blame but yourself um now in fighting everything has to be aligned right you have to be physically ready you have to be mentally ready spiritually ready your nutrition has to be on point you have to be in the right arena you have to make sure that you you know your immune system didn't break down this and that and um and so there was just so many different variables that are that are outside of your control really what's fighting has done for me is to understand that I can only stress about the things that are in my control. And, and if I've taken the correct steps to, to control those things, then I, I, you know, everything else kind of will take care of itself.
2: How'd you meet Josh, your <laughs> husband?
1: You and know, um, yeah, we, uh, we kept running into each other, so I always tell people that it was it was destined to happen. But um, So I, I moved out here for training, and Josh was stationed out here because he was in the military. And and when we met, we never... I didn't know that he fought. He didn't know that I fought. Um, and it was just funny. Actually, I, I was working at Hooters at the time, and um, it, was, it was an amazing job that I could have while I trained, so I could train throughout the week and then work, you know... Two double shifts on the weekend I got and good
0: buffalo wings over there yes that's where I go <laughs> Daytona style
1: those are my favorite <laughs> and and it was great but um, when I first moved to Albuquerque I don't know you guys how long have you guys been here
0: just a couple days just a
1: couple yeah. days well Albuquerque is a fight town
0: and yeah, we like, see that for yeah. sure
1: we don't have any major sports or anything like that so it like they're really prideful in in, in, in being fighters and so um, everybody in Albuquerque is a fighter and and you kind of you get you um, you get sick of it, you know. So
2: <laughs> it's like in L.A., everybody's an actor. Right? Exactly. So you're like, yeah, right. Like, sure, you're a fighter, fighter where sure, exactly? I, you know, you're not UFC.
1: Or, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we we went to the club with George St. Pierre, and we we're trying to cut the line, and we we're like, "Do you know who this guy is? He's George St. Pierre." And they're like, "We don't care. Get to the back of the line." Like that's <laughs> wow. how that's Albuquerque. Wow. And so him and his friends would always come to the to the to Hooters and 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 grab some food and his friends would always try to pump him up and I'm like yeah sure he's a fighter you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um he was actually a really really decorated fighter he so he was in the air force and he fought for the air force and um he was ranked um fifth in the nation for a really long time and uh uh and um I remember one time him; it was him and his friends and they're trying to get me to go out with them and I just, I wasn't interested in going out and because um, I was training and I just said, I kind of gave him like a, a BS answer. I said, okay, well, if I ever see you downtown, I promise I'll save you dance and, you know, I'll, I promise I'll remember your name because they were giving me such a hard time and I never saw them and I, I think it was like six months down the road and he was at a, like a, country bar with his friends and i was there too i was dd for my friend and they called me over and he would he was just like you remember you remember you remember us and i was i was like i don't i don't remember (laughs) you and uh his friend was like well i'm going to colorado and um I don't have any friends there and was like yeah we'll take my number down and I'll introduce you to some of my friends and I have the show you around town and his friend kind of like pretended like he didn't have his phone on him and right. and then he was like well give your number to my my friend here oh, and it was Josh was <laughs> and then Josh gave me a hard time for not remembering his name and um he said, "Yeah, you promised you'd save me a dance." <laughs> I said, "Okay." I, I, and then I remembered. Then I felt bad because I was being kind of—I was being a kind of a bitch to him. <laughs> and so um, I gave him my number and I told him to come find me for a dance. And so he texted me to make sure that I gave him the right number. And then—and then he left. <laughs> so he left me hanging, and and, <clears throat> and we ended up going out on a date. And we just—we ended up. Clicking and 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 we've been together ever since.
0: Yeah, it makes a huge difference to have somebody uh, kind of in all this with you. How does all this work? You know, how does it work with uh, you know trying to be a mother and trying to be a, a significant other and 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 having the fight game going on all at the same time?
1: It's hard. Um, it uh, it takes some maneuvering. It takes some. It takes really understanding people in your circle. And and luckily, I have that. You know, my husband is very supportive. Because he comes from you know, a boxing background and, and knows the sacrifice it takes to get where we need to go. So I think that's a huge part of it. Um, uh, my teammates, my coaches, they're all very supportive in, in, in our goal. And so like, when we first had Araya, I would bring her to the gym and I'd have my gym bag and my car seat and my diaper bag and they'd all be there. And if she started crying, if she started crying, you know, coach would pick her up and then keep continue on with class. And we, we, we just made it work and, um, it really takes, it takes a a team and, um, my husband's very patient. (laughs) My daughter is very patient and, um, they just—they all very, very much care about getting that gold, and so um, it's a team effort. For Does sure.
0: everyone try to offload some of the stress? They try to take take some of it away from you, like business deals, and uh, you know, just different things that you might have to go to, or they try to just you know take care of as much stuff for you as they
2: can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My mom comes down to help me with Araya. Araya you know, has has postponed multiple birthdays our holidays, because it was during fight camp. Um, The coaches will will work around our schedule, will, you know, let me bring Araya in. My husband has actually um, taken his hours down with his practice because he's a financial advisor. So he, um, you know, has taken down his hours so that he can be more present at practices. He can come and be a second eye when I'm hitting mitts, when I'm sparring. He, you know, he was the one coordinating all of this stuff with you so he has kind of taken a managerial part in in the career in the business and um he's the one that negotiates pay he's the one that reaches out to sponsors he's the one he's like manager publicist coach husband um therapist punching bag
2: (laughs) does that get stressful sometimes
1: yes it does
2: is it was it hard for him to step away from, like, fighting to support you fighting, or did he do that kind of naturally and easy?
1: I mean, he'll say it It was easy, but I know that it was hard for him. Yeah. You know, because he was really good. Really good. And, I mean, he's won away from being in the, you know, in the Olympics. <laughs> was <clears throat> he
2: doing boxing? Yeah, he was a boxer. Wow.
1: And so, um, yeah, I know it was hard for him to step away and because he's just like, he's just as passionate about fighting as, as I am. I mean, if not even more, really, I would come home some days and he'd be on the couch and he still does this now watching tape, (laughs) pausing, rewinding. Starting, pausing, rewinding, starting to the point where, you know, the the C D would get burnt out because he was <laughs> studying tape and and that's because that's his life. He loves he loves what he does, you know. And so I know like um we gotta make it we gotta make it worth it.
2: Does he train you at all? Yeah. Like in striking or something. In striking yeah. and, and,
1: and, and like I said, he's my punching bag. So so <clears throat> you don't wanna be too mean to your teammates because You want to be able to have (laughs) teammates. And and so they're play nice. Yes. And and there is a certain amount of of respect that you have to show. But um, fighting is also a brutal sport. and, And you have to know that you can pull that animalistic side of you out. And so what we've been doing a lot because he is a lot bigger than me is he'll just, you know, you know, those, I, I, I should get him those self-defense, self huge, like... <laughs>
0: like he's going to get bit by a canine or whatever. Like he's going to get
2: whatever, bit yeah. by
1: a canine, but he literally puts the headgear on and puts on his mouth, put in his mouthpiece and will let me, like, go to town on him, <laughs> throwing elbows, punches, and um, kicks. And I think a
0: lot of wives would love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's, it's
1: quite therapeutic, I would have to say. <laughs> yeah. but um it's really improved um it 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 is just kind of unlocked something in me that um I think has needed to come out in order for me to get to the next level because and I think it might be because I have a martial arts background and a lot of it is kind of just more self-defense than anything like you have to show a sign of respect and this is you know have good sportsmanship and and at the end of the day, you don't want to hurt this person, this and that. Hey, we're in the fight world. This is—it's either you or me. You know, it's something that I've had to deal with because I—I I do really have a lot of respect for my um, opponent. I have a lot—a lot of respect for anybody that decides to step into the octagon. But um, you know, talking to my sports therapist, he—he, he, and and also my good friend Aubrey, uh, who is one of my sponsors, he talks about it, and he says you would be doing yourself and your opponent a disservice and you would basically be disrespecting them if, they, if you gave them anything less than what you have. Yeah. And so I've kind of taken that in and been like, all right, well, like this is what we both signed up for. I'm going to give you my all because I respect you.
2: Wow, do you have a, like a sports psychiatrist too? Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Like, yeah, like said sports therapist. I'm like, what is that? Yeah,
1: sports psychiatrist. I don't know. I
2: don't. Yeah, I don't know what Saturday to call him. I call him
1: Doc. Yeah, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. I do, and we, and we get together, and um, <clears throat> we probably get together once every other week, like off camp, outside of camp, and then when camp starts, it's once a week, and then towards the end of camp, we meet, we get together like twice a week, and you know, he gives me homework, and and.
2: Are these things that like, um, that sponsors pay for and stuff like that? Or is this, is this like all expenses that are coming out of your, you at the end, you know? Cause it's like, that's gotta be, you know, you have a coach for every mm-hmm. aspect of the game and mm-hmm. it's gotta be. Some
1: of them are, some of them sponsor me. Um, um, some of them don't. Yeah. yeah so, but it is, it, it, it racks up and that's, why I was telling you like for a while I let the pressure of everything mount of, of winning Mount on me because I wanted to be able to provide for my family. And at the, at the end of the day, if I won, okay, we could do this. But if I lost and I had to pay coach one, coach two, coach three, and my nutritionist and my sports psychologist and Araya's daycare and Araya's school and Araya's gymnastics and you know, it it just adds up
2: really quick.
0: Yeah. They wouldn't be happy if you said you're getting a 50% cut because I got a 50% cut. (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Your pays only half yeah um so it i think it does it, it did add up but when when you let those things put pressure on you then you're not able to perform so it's kind of like double edged sword yeah like it's like well i mean obviously those things will come into play but if you if you focus so much on all of those things what you, you, your brain only has so much capacity to to work and so i i I can't be thinking about that stuff right now. I have to be thinking about what's in front of me right now. Not even not even winning the fight, winning this this first punch. Let me land this first punch. Okay, now let me land this next punch. Let me land whatever is in front of me right now at this moment.
2: Is it all fighting all the time or do you do you have other things that you like to do, hobbies or anything that you like to do outside of fighting?
1: I love I love to do things outside of fighting. It can be I think very taxing and exhausting to be all fighting all the time. Um, So I like to do a lot of arts and with my daughter. Um, we like to go hiking here. We're, we're really close to the mountains, so we go hiking. Um, we're huge movie buffs, so any cartoon, any Marvel movie that comes out, we're on it. And so my daughter can tell you anything you wanna know about any of the superheroes. <clears throat> so we love watching movies and, and we love traveling. Uh, we went to China for Christmas, and so she got to see the Great Wall of China. And um, we just came back from L. A. But yeah. we we took her all over. We took her to all the different beaches, and we're getting ready to go to Florida. And then we're gonna take her to Calgary. I just think it's so amazing that she can see the world, you know?
2: Yeah, because yeah, uh, you know, a lot of times as kids, we don't we didn't get to do, like we didn't get to see the world when we were kids. I w- I wish I could have, you know, right. but it just wasn't an opportunity that we had.
1: Yeah. And then you're exposed to so many different cultures. It's like when you can see with your own eyes that somebody's happy playing, you know, in the dirt street with a cardboard box, um, like making it into a house, and it really puts life into a different perspective. And, and I can sit up here and tell her that all day. But when she experiences it for herself... You know, when she's in Thailand and she has to squat to go to the bathroom instead of sit on an actual toilet, mm. but she's still ha- having the time of her life, it puts things in a different perspective for her. You
0: know, What has uh, fighting done for you? We met some really awesome people yesterday and that had these, uh, you know, all kinds of different stories were shared with us. One girl lost 200 pounds and she's getting ready for her first fight. Um, Kayla? Yeah, oh, Kayla. Oh, yeah. Kayla, yeah, Kayla. It was
2: more than that. She said she weighed like 400 pounds almost. Oh, yeah. Maybe she like lost almost 200
0: pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just some really cool uh, stories, you know, kind of overcoming certain things. What has uh, fighting maybe helped you overcome or helped build for
1: Everything. You? It has given me everything that I have today. It really has. Um, like I said, I I, um, I grew up and I was very, like, I'm, I'm a middle child, and I was always kind of the peacekeeper of the family. You know, if my parents were arguing, I was trying to make them happy. If um, <clears throat> If my sister wasn't getting along with my mom, I was trying to, balance yeah. that out if and so if, if if friends weren't happy I would do whatever I could to make them happy and and for for a long time people would take advantage of me because I was always just bending over backwards for them and and fighting gave me a voice it gave me confidence it gave me a reason to stand up for myself and um you know I'll forever be grateful mm-hmm. about that but I think the biggest thing is just how to deal with failure, how to feel like there is, how to get up and continue moving when you feel like there is nothing left to do, but, you know, be sad for yourself. Um, Like when, when I got pregnant with Araya, everybody talks about, you know, postpartum depression, but I was really depressed during my pregnancy and, and and don't get me wrong i i there was a lot of parts of pregnancy that i absolutely loved i loved feeling her inside of me i loved the connection that i had with her um but You know, day in and day out for 10 months, I sat up here and watched my teammates grow and get better and fight and win and go on to sign contracts. And then they opened up the women's division for the UFC and they, you know, they opened up a whole female organization. um, And I could do nothing but watch.
2: That all happened right when you got pregnant.
1: Exa- yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, good
2: timing, right? Great
1: timing. And I was like, oh, great. And and it was kind of just like, it was a very, um, it was uncharted territory. I didn't know what was going to happen after I had my daughter. Was I going to be able to afford to even continue to fight? Because fighters, fighters are broke. Like, it's, it's, it's not like a glamorous life that you live as a fighter. So... When you kind of have to like make a decision, that's one of the reasons why Josh. You know, stopped fighting is because it's not concrete. It's not something that you can get paid every other week.
2: You'd have somebody in the family that had a you know real yeah.
0: yeah, The only way you could uh, make it work is if you're in UFC and if you continue to win, basically. Exactly, and
1: if you know if you know how to brand yourself properly and continue to get endorsements and sponsorships. You
0: guys are allowed to have other sponsors, but it has to be outside of like the like you could spot you could uh, promote things uh, via your social media and stuff like that right
1: yeah and 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 all of that. really changed too when I got signed to the UFC because before that it was you know we relied heavily on on income based on our sponsors come fight night because they wanted you know prime locations on our on our outfits but then the UFC decided to take over all of that and so it just changed up the game but yeah like um I didn't know how my body was going to react when I came back. I didn't I got gestational diabetes when I was pregnant and then after I had my daughter I found out that I had thyroid issues. Oh, wow. And um and so so that was that and it was just the, the feeling of of being behind for 2 years and having to play catch up and if I was too old, if I was out of my prime, it's just like a very short-lived career anyways and it was just like a lot of doubt a lot of internal talk, a lot of just um, a lot of the unknown and, and um, yeah, I don't know.
0: How's a sports psychologist helped with some of that?
1: Oh, he's, he's helped tremendously. Um, he, I feel a lot of times throughout my life, throughout my career, um, I was self-sabotaging and, and, uh, And I didn't even know it. And it is because I didn't give myself like a
0: take two steps forward, one step back type of deal,
1: like two steps forward, three steps back. (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of. I think every time I was ready to just break through and, and, you know, you know, show the world what I was able to do. I, I took it away from myself and, um, because I didn't, I didn't give myself permission. I wasn't, I wasn't great. I wasn't on that level yet. So you don't need to be here. Or some of the like mental.
2: Come on, Josh. <laughs>
0: Come
1: on over here on Instagram. You can find
2: zooming in on <laughs> girls' butts on Instagram over <laughs> look there. Look at
1: that! Look at that!
2: Hey, what's going on over
0: <laughs> there?
1: <laughs> Damn it. Um. Yeah. So, what was I talking about? I,
0: we we're just talking about like kind of the, the mindset oh, and then okay. how the sports psychologist has helped a lot.
1: So, yeah, I was like, so because. Like I was the champ of Invicta 105 as all female organization, and then I I can't went to, to defend my title, and then I was fighting this girl, and she was an amazing fighter, but. um a lot of people started talking about how Invicta was just like feeding me these these cans basically so that they could promote me as a fighter because I really wasn't a good fighter. I, I was just a face for the organization. You were the pretty girl, right? Yeah, like, I was just a face for the organization so they're going to give me these easy fights so I can stay the champion mm-hmm. and it pissed me off and it gave me a chip on my shoulder and, and I was and so in and, and it was just the weirdest thing that happened because then I started building my opponent up like, no, she's good. Have you guys taken a look at her record? She's this, she's that, she's that. And he built her up to this point to where she was bigger than what she really was. And then, so, you know, I got into the fight and, um, I started, I started doing stupid stuff in the fight and, and to the point where it was just like, like I said, I sabotage myself, and I've done that on, on more than one occasion. Can you give
0: us a couple examples of how you've sabotaged, like, whether it be diet or training or whatever?
1: So, like... Because
0: um, well, I think we're all guilty of that, by the way. Yeah, I, 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 all
1: of the above. Diet, I've, I've done it where I've, like, I've gotten myself to peak performance, you know, and I look amazing, I feel amazing, and then... Just because I don't have to diet anymore, I go off and I go to Wiener Schnitzel and I get a chili cheese dog, chili cheese fries, chili cheeseburger, and that a soda. Like a great
2: idea. <laughs> yeah, let's go right after this. Where is it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and like, it's either all in or all out, you know? So that's We're like the same way. N- it's horrible. And I think a lot of fighters do that. Um, and then just like with, with with the fight, it was like in my head, I was like basically saying, we're just listening to what other people are saying. Well, you don't belong here, so just give her the fight, you know? And instead of just fighting for myself, I I let everybody else decide what I was. And I I, I gave up the belt, you know? And uh, it haunted me, it haunted me.
2: Wow, that's how you lost lost your belt, by pushing it.
1: She, okay, so she hit me and it was kind of like just really accurate. It wasn't hard or anything, but she hit me in a place in on my face where it, my eyes just swolled up immediately and I couldn't see out of my eye. I was winning the fight, um, but I started to feel like a sense of urgency to, to, to finish the fight because I couldn't see out of my eye. So I'm like, well, I can't see, so I, I need to finish this fight soon or else it's gonna just only get worse. And um, I remember my coach telling me, you're doing better on the ground. So just, so in in my mind, instead of taking her down, I did some like random kick that put me on the ground instead of, so instead of being offensive to get on the ground, I, I, I put myself in a bad position to get on the ground. So I kind of already like took two steps back on the ground. And then, um, I'm not. I you know. I'm not. I I wouldn't say that I just gave it to her because I was. I I was fighting. And it, if anybody knows me, they'll know that I like. I'll fight to the end. And so, but I do think that I had like, like some mental blocks during the fight. Um, and she had taken, We we hit the ground, and I and I was fighting her, and she got me in a guillotine, and um, it was so fast, and it happened so quickly and I remember her getting me, and me just panicking, and then I tapped, and then afterwards came all of the, ah, you should have done this, you should have done that, you should have waited, you shouldn't have done this, you should, you know, and, um, I mean, that's a fight game for you as well, too, it's like, kind of, you can't, it's, sometimes it's hard to think when you're in there getting punched in the face. you got
0: to really block out the noise, too. I would imagine the crowd probably even plays into it. So if you're getting hit, you might think, like, that punch wasn't shit. Why is the crowd, like, they're so excited about that punch. That wasn't really much of anything. But maybe it does uh, make you panic, like you have kind of said about, you know, her getting, getting your back and getting close to getting a choke on you.
1: Yeah. It was, um, you know, in hindsight, I could have held out a little longer. But at the time... Um, I panicked and I, I gave up on myself. You know. So how do we
0: prevent this from happening again? <laughs> yeah, my so that's what our steps. Here? My
1: that that's what m- my mental coach is has really helped me to do. He's helped me to like you said block out the outside noise. None of that really matters anyways. You know, they're not the ones in the cage with me. Those people that are criticizing me, those people that are saying all these things aren't the ones stepping into the octagon and trading punches with this other person. They're not the ones that put in the hours before that. They're not the ones like, you know, and so blocking all of that out really helps. And and something that I do with him is we, we meet up in in public places like Starbucks or like some place where there's a lot of noise because that's life there's there's always going to be distractions and if I can't focus in on what he's saying at Starbucks then how am I going to focus in on, on my opponent when there's lights and Bruce Buffer screaming in my face and the referee and the arena and in the cameras and in all of that stuff like how am I going to focus when all of that's going on so just an understanding understanding what's in my control and just really taking myself and being in the moment and and then the only way you can do that is is really by repetition the same way that you rep you know your muscles is the same way that you have to rep your mind and and you, it's hard to do that against an opponent that you've never fought before so you have to imagine it and you have to imagine in a million different ways and, and, and the more you imagine yourself winning and the more you imagine yourself doing these things that you practice, um, the more it becomes a reality. And I, I know it sounds simple to say, but it, it, that's, that's what we've been doing. We've been imagining myself winning. And
2: What did it feel like the first time Bruce Buffer yelled you know your name in your, <laughs> in your face? You know, he, he screams it, and it <laughs> but it must be so exciting to be in the UFC, in the octagon. Yeah. You know, Bruce Buffer screaming, <laughs> screaming your name. Yeah, uh, what does that feel like?
1: See, for a long time, I kind of, I, I, uh, I blocked it out because I didn't want to get nervous, and, um, and it sucks because I kind of like missed out on on uh, those things. Like, those are things that I'll, when I'm done fighting, that I'm gonna miss, and that I should probably embrace and and allow to happen. And so, <clears throat> that's another one of the things that, you know, my sports psychologist talks to me about. Cause I, I would say, well, I block this out and I block that out. And he's like, why? Isn't that f- like one of the reasons why you got into it? So that you can fight on this main stage. Like, don't block that out. Yeah. Like, let it in. Like, let it in and let it feel you. You know.
2: And so now, does it give you energy? When yeah. You, you know, when you get in there and they're like, you know, mm-hmm. pumps you up, kind of.
1: Yeah. So like, let it in, let it feel you. and think that and that that goes with anything in life, you know. So. And um, <clears throat> talk it about like um, talk about any type of obstacle or anything that comes your way that that might get in the way of your of your final goal as like as a weight or you know a baggage and and you can let that and you can take the baggage and you can put it on your shoulders and you can continue on your journey but it will get heavier and heavier and then another thing comes and you can put it on your shoulders and it'll get heavier. Or you can use that baggage to your advantage and say, OK, well, that's my journey. How about I use this as a step and take that baggage and stack your baggage so that you can climb those steps towards your goal? And um, I think that's what I've done. I've taken all these obstacles and all of these things that I used to view as negative emotion, and I've used it and I've turned it into positive emotion so that it, it gives me feel to to help me towards my goal of becoming the champ.
0: You said a kind of a key word there. I think obstacle. You know, if you think about, it, if you have the right tools, you can get over an obstacle. If you think of mm-hmm. like an obstacle course. If you have the right skill set, you can get over just about anything.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And um, it it really is. It's crazy to think that for for a while I was fighting. You know, with a sense of urgency and a sense of fear, and I I. And I, I transferred my fear, the, the fear of losing, the fear of losing financially, the fear of not being able to provide, the fear of failure, the feel, fear of embarrassment. And um, I, I transferred all of that into excitement and, and the excitement of, of learning and the excitement of winning and the excitement of getting to do what I love and what millions of people wish they could do and I'm doing it, so I better take advantage of it.
0: Isn't it weird sometimes if you win that you might not feel great a few days afterwards? And like, how do you deal with that? Because that's, you're probably like, I won. I don't know why I'm like not pumped. Yeah. Because you're just thinking about the next fight, I guess, right?
1: I think that is crazy how that happens. It's because we make this goal, we, we pump up this goal so big to where it's like, all right, well, like that's the end game. I think once I get that goal, I'm going to feel like I'm on cloud nine. I'm going to
0: be a lot happier yeah. with myself and with everything else.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And you're like, that's what that's where I have to get to to be happy. And then you get there and you realize, like, I I'm the same person. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> nothing's changed.
1: Yeah, nothing's changed. And I uh, there's definitely something to be said about that. I think that it makes you realize what what we really do all of this for is is for the days at the gym when you're grinding it it's for you know for coming home and and being exhausted and 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 laughing at yourself because you got punched in the face and um you know just just the fact that you said you could i think is 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 the part to be prideful
2: of i like that there's levels to it though even if you get to be a ufc champion then it's like nobody wants to win the belt and lose it the next day. Exactly. They want to win the belt and they want to just keep, you know, they want to build yeah. a legacy, right? Maybe so now the hard work really the, starts. You know, even for guys like John Jones, there's always something new. There's always some, you know, they're building. Yes. It's like they're going to always want more. They're never going to be like, oh, I won. I'm good. <laughs> cool. See you later. You know,
1: and, and I think that's the characteristic of a champion. That's a characteristic of somebody that is, you know, um, relentless somebody that will transcend the game and, and and not everybody has that but if you do i think that's what makes you a champion is is the fact that you are continuously striving for better no matter what level that you've reached and you you're, you're always hungry like you're always like you're always needing to feel that that fire and and search for the next big thing
2: yeah there's something awe inspiring about being around uh, these champions and these, you know, people are awesome. Like he said, we went to dinner with Keith Jardine and all I could think about is like, this guy knocked out Chuck Liddell. He's like like the first guy to beat him. Like, how cool is that? Like, I just kept, couldn't stop thinking about how, uh, how awesome that was and how cool that was.
1: Yeah, it it is really cool. I think it's, and that's what I, I hope Raya understands. Like she, um, you know, she's grown up in a world quite different from a lot of other kids you know and so she's grown up in the gym and so she like seeing john jones and holly holmes spar on a daily (laughs) basis is is not normal but to her it is yeah and so i hope that by making this her normal that her expectations for herself and her own goals are like (laughs) through the roof you
2: know what do you what do you want for her like what do you uh do you you know? Do you want her to get into fighting, or do you, or do you just want her to be you know happy little girl?
1: I want her to be happy. Um, I do want her to have drive. I want her to have hunger. And sometimes I worry that we give her so much that she will miss out on that drive and hunger. So some, I mean which Josh and I talk about this, like how do we make her struggle? Like, what do we have to do? You know, so that, because I feel like that's probably one of the only ways you can grow. I think if she
0: finds something that she really likes, then mm -hmm. that'll help. So if Mm -hmm. she likes like art, somebody's going to, it won't come from you guys, but somebody else will tell her that she sucks. That's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And that'll you know that'll drive her just like it did with she you said in she does gymnastics,
1: yeah she's hit she's hit a couple bumps in gymnastics I, I I think that hopefully will give her some some challenges,
2: yeah like hey, I can't do this pommel horse or whatever okay, now mm-hmm. I can or whatever right so it's like she's got to build the skills,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure and it, I think that's a hard thing as a parent is to kind of like watch your children struggle yeah. and I think that's i like as a society something that we've taken away from our children that we probably shouldn't have. I'm know? way
0: too soft as a parent See? to be totally that's honest. See, that's saying, like, like,
1: don't you feel like
0: Well, I want to like uh, yeah, I want to be like a good role model and stuff to my kids, but like I I do want to be their friend, mm-hmm. you know. I do I do want them to know that I like how much I love them and, and how much I love being around them and stuff. And so I have a tendency to, to do too much, to give them too yeah. much. And, and so does my wife. And therefore, you know, we argue with my son every night about like his homework and yeah. stuff and having like drive and stuff, which he, he already has plenty of it. It's mm-hmm. just, he doesn't, just doesn't care about school that much. Yeah. But, uh, giving kids too much can oftentimes be maybe not just as bad, but it can, It can be uh, maybe close to being as bad as neglect because neglect can drive somebody. You know, you hear all these stories all the time. Shaquille O'Neal, his dad, you know, walked out on him and he's like, you're going to know you're going to know my name at some point. I'm going to make you know know who I am. You can't like resist that that I'm your son type of thing. And there's how many athletes have that same story?
1: Yeah, not only athletes, any any successful person will tell you the struggle that they went
0: through. It's like, that seems to be the best way to be a parent, just to yes. split on them.
1: <laughs> like, I'm just going to drop there you, you go, off kid. down there.
0: My mom <laughs> dropped me off at this MMA gym when I was eight years old. I don't know what happened. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's, that's our figure. That's our fear is that we are too soft on her because we want her to have the world, you know?
0: Yeah, I talked, you know, C.T. Fletcher, um, C.T. Fletcher is in the yes, fitness yes. industry uh, oh, yes, and he's I been do. on Joe Rogan mm-hmm. show. um, you know, he was abused as a child and stuff like that. And I asked him, you know, on the podcast, I'm like... Because he talked about, like, bringing his kids, like, ice cream and stuff. And uh, I was like, yeah, how do you balance that out? Because you've become very successful through going through a lot of crap, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, I'd much rather give him ice cream than give him a right hand. And I was yeah. just like, That's, it, that is, you know, you can't love somebody too much, I don't think.
1: I don't think so either. But I think it's kind of like, it goes back to what you're saying is... Everybody will, will experience struggle, but what type of struggle they experience is, is what's going to determine, you know, and how they deal with that struggle. So because, just because she's not struggling um, with, you know, our, our parenting skills or, or, you know, where, where she's going to sleep at night doesn't mean that she doesn't, won't struggle. And so that's what we hope to give her is, is struggle. It might be through gymnastics. It might be through, like, academically. But hopefully it's enough to, to build her character.
0: Yeah, and hopefully she kind of recognizes what you're doing and the other people around you are doing. And uh the hard thing is to kind of split that line though between like love and discipline. Like because you love your child, you do want to instill some discipline, but at the same time you don't want to be like a drill sergeant, right?
1: Yeah. I think we do a pretty good job, like with the bell. Do you have kids?
2: I have no kids. Zero. Yeah, the
0: fact that you guys communicate about it, that's huge. Mm-hmm. The fact that, I mean you guys probably talk about it almost on a daily basis, right? So mm-hmm.
1: So with you and your wife, are you like is there a balance like somebody is more hard on the than the other and then
0: yeah my wife is yeah my wife's up there butt all the time
1: <laughs> so you yeah. you feel like obligated to be the good guy
0: or pretty much yeah my my wife you know her dad passed away when she was 10 and she just think she just kind of I guess took it upon her. her. mom was pretty hard too, but she just took it upon herself just to take everything on her own shoulders. She yeah. was like, you know, I'm just going to figure out everything to, so I don't burden my mother. And so she ended up being like almost a second parent in some way. Mm-hmm. And then also she got like a division one scholarship in swimming and stuff just so her mom wasn't burdened with, yeah. how am I going to get my kids to college? You know, we don't have a uh, the same income that we had before and that kind of thing. You know?
1: Yeah. And it's crazy because at, at 10, you know, she made that decision. Yeah, to 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 do that, and I I wonder. Yeah, she's different. That's for sure. That's I, I wonder if sometimes it's just who you are, right? You know, or
0: Some the, of the environment. environment. Yeah. I think it's a combination, probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. She's just like really. She's um. She's definitely a lot different than me. Like I I like motivation. I like to I like to talk to people like yourself. I get inspired and motivated by uh, being around other people and seeing different things. She doesn't need any of that. She's just like uh, she just has this like internal drive. I'm always like looking at her like you're like a robot or something or an (laughs) alien or something. You're from like another planet. You know how she is. She's like ultimate like
2: taskmaster somehow. I think a lot of moms are though, too. She can get anything done. Like, she's part of the PTA. She runs the business. Yeah. Like, we started another business together, and uh she runs that. And, like, she just runs... She's everything. able to like Please handle like everything. 24/7. Yeah. Yeah. And that's
1: and that's like what I love about moms. I feel like a lot of moms do that. They t- they take on a lot of things and, and it goes unnoticed because they don't care. They just wanna get it done. <laughs> it's like kind of like the duty of, as a mom is to is is to get it done. And so it goes unnoticed, but I don't think it should. I think it should be I think people should really like sit down and see, you know what what these amazing women are accomplishing and and
0: appreciate it. I saw the you mom know? setting up like tables and food and stuff for the kids, uh, my kids' school one day, and they came out like a SWAT team. <laughs> they like the, minivan after minivan, you know, parked and they all came out like in a line and they all they all had their own tables and chairs and they all brought their own food and I was like. Holy crap. They're not playing around.
1: I'm yeah.
2: like, I'm not getting in the way of well, anything. You're not going to see it. the dads doing that. Yeah. yeah.
1: If, it, if it was up to the dads, it would be like paper plates, barbecue. <laughs> yeah. You bring your own drink.
2: Yeah. yeah Pick yeah, up definitely. something from a supermarket. No, we you just don't, don't cook think anything. that way of taking care of people like that. Yeah. I think
0: that men honestly do have a little bit more trouble with, uh, a, a lot more tasks. I think that women seem to be able to handle uh, doing more, doing more things in a given day. Josh, <laughs> I know for me, like, you give me two or three things, and I'm like, I'm toast. Yeah, you know, I got my workout, I got a little bit of uh, business stuff to do, and then some stuff with the kids, and then I'm tired. Test. Yeah, you're like you're
1: done for the day. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. But mom's like, my wife is like doing laundry and dishes and cooking and like just adding everything to her own plate. You know.
1: Yeah, and I think that's amazing. And. I think I'm, I'm glad that you, you know, that you, you see that and that you're, it's, um, I don't know. I think it's something to, to, um, to be proud of, you know, to have a wife that does that, to have, to have a mother that does that, to have somebody in, you know, in the household that holds it down that way, you know,
0: When you were mentioning sparring earlier. Um, do, does he ever give it back to you a little bit?
1: <laughs> he has, um, <laughs> but he, he, you know, he, uh, i don't think he wants to like deflate my confidence (laughs) right (laughs) right. but yeah he does want you
0: to move and get a good workout right yeah
1: he will he will get me back in (laughs) other ways so it's like you know i and i don't think he ever gets like um mad if i catch him with a good one he actually like smiles and laughs if i catch him with a good one because he's like proud of me but damn yeah like well that was a good one (laughs) hold
2: on a second how hard does she hit No,
1: she hits real hard. That's what I've told her. She she still doesn't know how hard she hits. She's gonna (laughs) surprise some people.
2: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I was josh pumping me
1: up, pumping me up. But he gets mad when I don't listen to him, and it's hard because he's my husband, you know. And he'll tell me to do something, and I'm like, really? And and it's something that I'm really forcing myself to do because I know that, you know, he has my best interest at hand. So if he if he's mad at me about that, then he'll make me like, like do sprints on the treadmill or he'll make me go extra minutes in the sparring session or he'll like, he, so he he gets back at me in other ways. But
2: when he, (laughs) so I have this relationship with my brother. Like I taught him how to lift when we were younger. He became a guru in powerlifting. He's Mm -hmm. far exceeded anything I've ever done in the sport. And, um, but now when he tells me to do something, like I have just a different, uh, respect for him. Like, because he's my brother, we're blood, you know, it's like if he tells me to do something, I do it. Uh-huh. And I do it to the max because I don't want to let him down. And a lot of times I have injuries I'm working around and other things hurt, but do you find it like, um, like more or less motivating if it comes from your husband?
1: I guess I would, I'm, I'm going to take that from you and I'm going to use that <laughs> going forward. Because I do, I respect him. And I think it's just hard because it's a, it's a wife a wife husband relationship, and sometimes
0: plus you're an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. Elite athletes sometimes are like, I know what's best for me. Like I'm going to do it this way a little bit, right?
1: Well, I understand to check my my ego and to to, to if I if I think I know everything, then I'm on the wrong path. Like cause you're always going to be learning. But for him and I, I, think it's just more of an emotional like block where if he tells me something, it makes me feel like he like I'm not because he. He's always like singing my praises, so when he tells me I'm doing something wrong, it like hurts my feelings, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm not doing it right, really. you know, like, and so yeah, my
0: wife will have to pause me sometimes and tell me that she's a girl sometimes, yeah, so and, we're and like, I, hey, like, you know, and like, it might be a little <laughs> different between brothers. <laughs> and, and like, oh, husband, shit. wife, I, right? I, like, you know, we're just husband. talking business or something. I'm wondering why something didn't get done, and I'm not trying to.
1: You know, yeah you're not, not trying to be a savage not throat, trying to, throat. yeah hurt
0: her feelings or anything yeah and
1: i think that's like a huge a huge thing that josh and i have been able to kind of work through and kind of navigate through is is this you know this goal that we're all on it, it is a family goal you know fighting is selfish but it's it's it doesn't i can't get there myself i need him I need my, my daughter. I need all, you know, everybody. So I need to show them that respect. And it's, it's, it's hard to navigate through all of that and to, to know when to talk to him, like he's my husband and to talk and then talk to him when he's like coach. And, um, but I, I I do think I should take that, that from you and, and, and want to impress him and want to show him like, and I, it is the truth. There are, there are times when I'm, when I'm fighting and when I'm like doing my visual, like my visualizations and, and, and seeing myself get the belt and, and seeing myself give it to him because he sacrificed so much. Ah, there like you go. he gave up his career so that I could pursue mine. And I need to, I need to understand that in times when we, there is friction, you know, But, um, yeah, like it is, it's a family thing and we're going to get the belt together.
2: It's beautiful. Like what you guys have is really beautiful. It's really impressive and it's really awesome.
0: You guys are uh, watching a fight. You're sitting over here on the couch and you're watching UFC on a Saturday night and you guys see a hole do you guys see something go down do you guys stand up and say hey like that was pretty sick like <laughs> hey he's like hey i think it looks like this you guys do that kind of stuff
1: yeah he does he'll like he did you see that babe i'm like what see what i'm over here trying to cook casseroles and he's like he's paused it and like rewinds it, and it's he's like, like babe come over here. yeah like come over here come watch this like let's do that and then we'll like get up we'll even do it in restaurants like Hold on, what do you mean? Because a lot of times... Uh, we'll you like, guys got
0: to record that for social <laughs> media. Start grappling.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not that way. I saw way. this couple
0: fighting at a restaurant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. You know, I have to... Sometimes life can get ahead of me and I, I don't realize how cool it is to have you know, a spouse that is in this... Like, is as passionate about what I do as, as I am and, and to be able to kind of like solve this puzzle together. I think that's really cool.
0: Kind of last question and wrapping everything up, what's something that you would like everybody to know about the gym that you train at? Because uh, we found it to be unique. We found it to be special. What's something that maybe the outside world doesn't know about Jackson Winks?
1: I mean, I hope everybody knows how special it is. And I I, I, I don't think you really realize the magnitude of, of the gym that it is until you've actually been there. It isn't anything special, like like cosmetically, like you go in and it is a very nice gym. We have two cages. We have the mats and, but you still get that, that old school smelly Yeah, it smells gym. just enough. It smells just enough, like not too bad, but yeah. just enough to know what the, not just, foul enough to make yeah. you leave. <laughs> My mom would say different, <laughs> but it's just enough to know that there's hard work being put in there. Um, Jackson Wink has, has changed the lives of, of countless people and, and you go there and, um, I guess I, sometimes you don't even realize that that's what you needed, but it is, um, it has changed my life. It, it gave me a home when I, when I didn't have a place to stay, you know, I stayed in the dorms for four months before I could, so I could get what on my that feet. was like? <laughs> it was crazy. Cause it wasn't these dorms that were there now. It was the old gym, and the dorms was basically like upstairs attic. And I slept in the top bunk next to the refrigerator for four months.
2: And just trained every day. And trained
1: um, every day. Trained every day, saved up my money so I could get an apartment. And, and um, I proved myself, really. It was kind of like a initiation for my- When you got
2: me. your own apartment- was it actually harder or was it, did it make it easier to have your own place and do it? Like, because I know sometimes like living it yeah. is sometimes like, well, I'm stuck here.
1: Yeah. I think it was, living it was a good transition for me. I don't think it's someplace that you should be for longer than a year.
2: It wasn't for, it wasn't like for you full time, but it definitely taught you something. Basically. Oh,
1: absolutely. And and I wouldn't have any other way. You know, I would wake up to the sound of, of the sparring bell and, and people hitting mitts. Sah, sah, sah. Dee, 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 you know, and just, sat, sat, sat. and I was like, wow, like this is my university wow. <laughs> and I loved it. And, but, um, I needed, you know, you grow and you evolve and I needed a place of my own and I needed to be responsible for myself. And, and so I did. And, but yeah, when I got pregnant, I, I didn't know if I would continue to fight. And it was, you know, coach Wink and coach Jackson that said, Peanut. You're 25 years old. You have your whole life ahead of you, and you will become champion. Have your baby. It's amazing to have children. And and then come back. We'll be here for you.
2: What an amazing attitude to have. Yeah. I know a lot of coaches are probably be like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, it was like 25, you know. It was like just barely getting ready to like break in. And, and I, you know, my record was good. I was just coming off of... Um, a good win, and then I, I did the show Bully Beat Down, and I was just like, oh, this is going to launch me. <laughs> and um, and then I got pregnant, and I I was a wreck. And at that time, first of all, it was taboo for a female to be a professional fighter, and then double taboo <laughs> for a female to have a baby and then come back from fighting, uh, to fight. Um, and so for them to just kind of say, like, we got your back. And and they they're not about they don't talk they don't they're not about like talking they're about just doing you show up and you grind and um and you grind with these people next to you and they become your family.
2: Yeah, I don't think you could find two more hardcore guys than uh, Greg yeah. Jackson and Mike Winklejohn. They and were, they're so opposite. they were so cool to talk to. <laughs> yeah, they, they so are opposite. opposite. They're yeah, opposite, they but opposite. they were they were great to talk to. Yeah.
0: What's uh, something that you maybe have learned from uh, Holly Holmes and? Uh, and Bones Jones, you know, just from being around them uh, for a while. Just th- you mentioned kind of you're going to take uh, what he mentioned earlier, some things that you had some take homes from them that you have implemented into your training or into your life.
1: Um, well, Holly has become like one of my best friends. And I really look up to her and admire her for the person she is both in and outside of the octagon. She just is the best example of a human being that there could be. She and she does it for herself she does it because she loves it she does it because um it makes her happy and um she really is um like i anytime i didn't feel like doing something anytime i was trying to justify why I shouldn't go into the gym or why this and that and I just said what would Holly do and it would make me go to the gym because Holly would never never makes excuses. She's always taken responsibility for her actions. I mean, I've seen her get knocked out pretty badly to where it was scary and um, go into the locker room, wipe her tears and then and then go into the press conference and congratulate her opponent. And then after that you know, going home and, and being hurt so bad that she was like throwing up all night and, but still coming into the gym on Monday to train. Like that to me is a champion. And um, I, I look up to her tremendously because she's just, she's never ever been a judgmental person. She comes to the gym and she and she is a leader through example. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we saw her yesterday. She was just all about work. She got there, just boom, started working yeah. right away. She's leader. She saw her. us with the camera. And she went, Pew, right <laughs> she's like, yeah. nope. Yeah. She hates it. She's yeah. like,
1: oh, whatever. She's like, I'm here to train. They told like,
0: us, and we don't. Even, we're not trying to, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, she. I wouldn't say she hates it, but like when she's like in the grind, she's yeah. like in the grind. She's here. She's here to train, and like that's. But she's that's a great. she's an amazing person. She loves to talk. She loves to tell stories, <laughs> and but just like in the right setting, you know. Yeah, so gotta get to and, know her. yeah, and with John, I think. What I've learned from him is just his absolute confidence in himself is like through the roof, and um, and that's what it takes to be champion is to have that concrete, deep down in your soul confidence to know that you are the greatest. And I I, I see it, I feel it like, you know, like oozing through his you know pores, you see it like in his yes. walk,
0: even right, like yes. even just like I see him on Instagram to sometimes like dancing around or messing around and you know you're thinking like all the other people are posting these like hardcore training things and he's like kind of messing around making it look easy almost
1: oh yeah it's crazy and but in his like he's so confident that and that's what allows him to be creative and and to to try things that Normal people wouldn't try because he's like, oh, yeah, this will work. Let me just hit you with my elbow like it's a jab or, you know, oh, let me do a chicken wing and break your arm. And and other people would never think of that. But he does. And he just is so and he actually is really good at um, focus. Like he, he, you know, a million things could be going on at once uh, in in the gym and he could just be on the bag doing a jab for an hour. And, and, and nothing will break his concentration.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Where can people find you? I know you got like a million followers on Instagram.
1: <laughs> um, it's Karate honey, MMA, And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have some good news for everybody here soon. Awesome. I hope so.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah congratulations wait. on everything. Do you
0: Thank have a fight coming up?
1: I don't. We're asking for the belt. So that's what we want next. And, yeah. and we're, we're, we're going to stand our ground and and uh, and wait for it. Let them give it to us.
0: Hell yeah. Awesome. <laughs> all right. That's all the time we got. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Later.